0: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Paul Hempel, Johnny, a continental insurance Well, it's about time, Paul. I began to think you got yourself another boy. Matter of fact, the company has taken on a couple of staff investigators. Why, the dirty cellar. But I managed to convince the brass that you should handle this one. Which one? Protection for one of our clients, Johnny. His name is John R. Welton. His life is being tracked. Oh, I get it. When there's a chance of somebody getting hurt, you don't want your own men to take any chances. Okay, I'll tell
1: Randy Singer it's no go. Sergeant
0: Randy Singer? Oh, he's a lieutenant now. 18th Precinct Homicide down in New York? That's right. Now, Singer has told us that if we send you down there, you'll cooperate. He said anyone else, no. Hmm. And uh, another thing. What's that? There'll be an fee in addition to your expense account if you manage to keep this man welcome alive. Oh, how much? $2,000. $3,000? $2,000. Well, it's been a long time since I've seen Randy Singer. Maybe I ought to run down there and say hello. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yes, uh, truly, Johnny Dope. now, act one of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Uh-huh. Expense account submitted by special investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Continental Insurance and Trust Company Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the wayward killer matter. Expense account, item a 627 fare to New York and taxi from Grand Central Station to 18th Precinct Headquarters in the East 40. My old pal, Sergeant Randy Singer, uh, Lieutenant Randy Singer, pulled a long face.
2: Uh-oh, now I know my luck has
0: run out. Hiya, Randy. Well, what are you beefing about this side? Uh, you might as well sit down, I guess. Okay, sure. Why well, don't these insurance companies of yours leave us alone? Let us handle things our own way. What do you mean? Well, the minute one of their clients gets into a jam, they send somebody like you down to pester us. <laughs> Johnny, there isn't a thing you can do about this man Welton. The company said something about his life being in danger. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Well, is it true? Uh, I doubt it. Why should his life be in danger? I don't think it should. Okay, okay. Why does he think his life me, answers? Because he was
2: a witness to a shooting, a murder. Oh? Where? When? You remember reading about the bookie who was killed last week over in an alley off the 1st Avenue? Me? Mm-hmm.
0: know anything about bookies? What? All right. right. Now, did you read about it or didn't? Yeah, I read about it. Don't tell me a whole week is going by and you haven't found a killer We haven't found him. Even with a witness to the crime, this John Wilton Oh, Randy, you're slipping Except for the description Mr. Welton gave us, we haven't a single, solitary thing to go on. No fingerprints, no... no No, no clues of any kind. A weapon? 38 Special, make unknown. The same one, apparently, that was used to slug Mr. Welton. Just what happened, Randy?
2: Well, yeah, it was Tuesday night, nice, last week, that is. Yeah? Late, about 2 a.m. Welton was taking his dog for a walk before going to bed. And? And he passed this particular alley, saw these two men struggling. Heard a
0: shot... So did his dog. Pooch let out a yelp, galloped around in circles, tied up
2: his legs in the leash, and down he went. The dog or Welton? Welton, and don't be funny.
0: Okay, go on. Well, the killer came running out of the alley and stumbled over Welton.
2: Welton got a good look at him in the streetlight. The dog pulled the hunk out of the killer's pants. The killer smashed Welton on the head and took off. The dog kept yowling until the patrolman came around found him there and found the bookie in the alley. Dead. And?
0: All I want to know is what you think you can do about it. No clues, huh? Except Walton's description. you give him a look at the mug book? Yeah, yeah he came up with nothing. Did you find a gun? No, Ballistic said it was a .38 that did the gun. Tried looking in the storm drains around there. Yeah, not yet. Look, why does Welton feel he's in danger?
2: Because some fool reporter wrote it up in Sunday's paper that Welton not only saw the killer, you see, he'd been trying to keep that quiet, but that he could
0: positively identify him. And Walton tied that up with the fact that the victim was a bookie. Yeah, I see. That means the possibility of a connection with a syndicate. Or if he didn't play ball with the syndicate, they decided to knock him off. Oh. Well, now, Johnny, uh, we don't like to admit that there might be a syndicate in
2: operation. Oh,
0: more sure, than you. sure, the town's absolutely clean. Well, now, oh, I, I sure, say sure. all your handsome wears in uniform have to do is march in the St. Patrick's Day Parade, be uh, a hand to welcome important foreign dignitaries. Yeah, as uh, far Apples off the fruit stands over on Tenth Avenue. Johnny. The fact remains that, that I think Walton's right. Bookmaking is a racket. Rackets mean racketeers. And as a mobster who killed that book, he was smart enough to leave you no know, clue. He's smart enough to shut the mouth of anybody who might be able to identify him permanently. Have you got a guard on Welton?
2: Well, he's asked the one, and I've arranged for...
0: Where does he live? Uh, over on, just the 3rd. That's uh, Tim Conroy, the man I'm going to send over there. just reported in. Then tell Conroy I'm going over there with him. But, Johnny, what for? What can you possibly do that we haven't done? Well, look, Randy, I'm getting such a nice, big, fat fee on this, I have to at least look like I'm earning it. Sure. Oh,
2: oh Conroy, come in, come Who in. Who knows,
0: Randy? Maybe I'll even solve a murder. Conroy, get this wise guy <laughs> out of here, will yeah. you? Mr. Dollar, nice to see you again. Hi, Conroy. Yeah, your do old pal Johnny Dollar. Now take him with you. Take him anywhere, but get him out of here. Yes, sir. you are sorry you're being nasty to me, Randy. Oh, so help me. Yeah, it was pretty obvious Randy hadn't gotten anywhere on the case. And believe it or not, that he was glad I'd come along. But my job was solely to protect Mr. Welton. So in Conroy's prowl car, we drove over to the little apartment building on East 53rd. Drove over to find a crowd milling about in front of the place. A crowd that included a couple of New York clients. Something's happened to you. Yeah. And I started to think what it might be. Wilson, McCarthy. Yeah. What's happening around here? You're a little late, Conroy. What's up? Well, don't you see him laying there? What? Who is he, officer? Man named Welton. John R. Wilson. <laughs> Johnny Dollar in a moment here is a message from the National
2: Heart Institute of the Public Health Service it looks like an electronic control board panel banked with meters and switches it is knee-high and six feet in length surmounted by what appears to be a cylindrical coil its price is comparable to the cost of a new three-bedroom home but in human lives saved and repaired its value is limitless this is the heart-lung machine Its development has opened new latitudes in heart surgery. In closed heart surgery, with a finger or an instrument inside the beating heart, the surgeon must go by feel alone. This closed method has been in use for many years, and for some conditions it is still the method of choice. However, a great many heart conditions cannot be corrected by closed heart surgery. Only with the development of the heart-lung machine has correction of many of these conditions become possible. Today, the surgeon can open up the heart, empty it entirely of blood, and under direct vision, make unhurried repairs of valves or other defects inside the heart. Exactly what does the heart-lung machine do? Its purpose is to function temporarily as a heart pump and to oxygenate the blood and rid it of gaseous waste. In surgery, after the heart has been exposed, Plastic tubes from the heart lung machine are inserted into the two great veins that normally carry blood to the heart from the upper and lower parts of the body. Once the hookup is complete, blood destined for the lungs is then cycled into the machine where it is refreshed and returned to the system through another tube inserted into the femoral artery in the groin. Know Your Heart was written and produced by the National Heart Institute one of the
0: National Institutes of Health of the Public Health Service, United States Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, Washington, D.C. And now, Act Two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Wayward Killer Matter. It looks as though I got there too late. The man for whom I was supposed to act as bodyguard lay sprawled awkwardly on the sidewalk in front of his apartment. Yeah, that's Mr. Wilson, all right. Johnny looks like you and your insurance company just lost the client. Hey, get this crowd back. He's still breathing. Come on, get him back. All right. You get mad out now. Get back, all of you. Get back in the town. Is anybody back oh, there, Doctor? Oh, we got one on the way, Mr. Dollar. How did it happen, McCarthy? Do you know? Well, some kids were playing out here on the sidewalk, a couple of mothers with them. They heard a lot of noise up in Mr. Walton's apartment. Up there on the second floor. What kind of You see up there where the windows broke out of the frame? Yeah, I see. What kind of noise? Like a big fight, they said. And Mr. Walton yelling for help. He was yelling bloody murder, they said. Did they hear anybody else? Anything else? No, sir. Not even the dog. For sure. Then all of a sudden, he comes smashing out through the window and lands here on the sidewalk. Have you men been inside there yet? Yes, sir. Wilson went in. Come on. Get back. Stay back to that line, will you? He said Mr. Walton's place is an unholy mess, like a big fight. Any sign of the assailant? No, sir, but the door of his apartment was flung open. There was a back door leading into a court in the alley. Yes, sir. That's what Walton told me. That's the fire door that can be opened only from the inside. So it looks like whoever did this to Walton made his getaway through the alley. No doubt about it. Well, all I have to say is I hope this man lives. We'll soon find out, sir. Here comes Stock Trader. later, made a quick inspection mm-hmm. then had a take Walton up to his apartment on the second floor. he wasn't hurt badly. No bones broken. All right. All right, boy. All right. Your in the to Just lay yourself down your Well, quite point. frankly, Mr. Dollar, I think that it's shock more than anything else. After all, thrown out of a window, even if he did suffer only a few bruises mm-hmm. and confusion. Yeah, doctor. I see what you mean. Down, boy. come on. <laughs> How long before I'll be able to talk to him? Well, the sedation I've given him should keep him asleep until, the... Oh, say mid-afternoon. After that, uh, you and your chief in question all you want. My chief? Aren't you working under Lieutenant Singer? Yeah. Maybe I am. Randy Singer himself came over and took charge. While John Welton slept, he and his men closed off the alley and went over with a fine-tooth comb. Meanwhile, since Welton had all the police protection he could possibly need, and then some, I went out and grabbed the of lunch. That's item 2, 175. Then I took a cab, item 3, a dollar even, to the alley off First Avenue, where Welton had witnessed the murder the week before. Just why, I don't know. But I'm sure glad I did. Yeah. Because of a crew working on the streetlights who came up with some rather interesting information. I'll tell you what I mean later. In any event, it led to item 4, a dime for a phone call. You know, a fellow in my business has to have some rather strange contacts. My call was to one of them. A man Lieutenant Randy Singer would have known by name, at least, would probably have liked to get his hands on. Or, more to the point, would like to have had some concrete evidence against for, uh, for another thing. My contact's name was spoken Joe Sullivan. Ex-compensator, ex-bootlegger, burglary suspect, numbers racket. A man who's been picked up on more petty charges than you can possibly think of. Yeah, in a city with an underworld the size of New York, a man like Smokey's good to know, on occasion. Yeah? Smokey? Yeah? This is Johnny Dollar. Yeah? How would you like to pick up a fast hundred bucks? Depends. Johnny Dollar, huh? That's right. I'll be standing in the lobby of the Hotel Lexington. Come on over and see for yourself. Well? Maybe I will, maybe I won't. There's any coppers around here. Oh, come on, Smokey. You know me better than that. Yeah? I'll see you in the lobby of the Lexington. Maybe. Item five, a dollar ten for a taxi over to the Lexington, where I waited. An hour, two hours. No sign of smokey. Then suddenly I realized why. There must have been somebody important there in the hotel. For outside of the curb is a police car with a man in the uniform at the wheel. No wonder Smokey hasn't shown us. I found it out to 3rd Avenue, started around the block. And sure enough, at the first newsstand, a figure that in been hiding behind a newspaper fell in step with me. What took you so long to spot that copper sitting out front, Johnny? Now look, Smokey, I asked you if you'd like to pick up a fast scene off. Johnny. I need some information. What kind of information, Johnny? you been taking any bets on the horses lately? Guy has to make an honest buck now and then. Have you been working through the syndicate? Now, Johnny, you know you don't ask questions like that. But if the information I want is in the books of the syndicate. You don't want me to play foolish. You know me better than that. Okay. Ask me questions. Yeah. There's 20, 20, 30. You said a C-note. You get the rest when you get the dope me, if there's any to get. Okay. Go ahead. Ask me. All right. I want to know how much money, if anything. And I may be playing a wrong. Okay, Johnny. If I find out anything. sir, sure. You call me on the phone again. Maybe 3.30, 4 o'clock. Right. And Smokey. Yeah, if there is such information he had, and you get it, maybe I'll double that deal. Okay, Johnny. Act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. In a moment, times have changed, and so has the man. Fabius Low in the year eighteen hundred and sixty-one. Organized what has been considered the first airborne reconnaissance unit of the United States Army. His craft? A balloon, which was in constant use during the Battle of Richmond, making observations every 15 minutes. But because of the balloon's limited maneuverability and extreme vulnerability, military thinking and interest soon switched to the heavier-than-aircraft experiments being conducted by the Wright brothers at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Finally, in 1909, the Army accepted the Wright Brothers 42 and one half mile per hour aircraft. Contrast this with the faster than sound aircraft, the supersonic speeds of our modern planes. Contrast the skill, the technological know how of the modern airman with that of the pioneers. You'll agree, I'm sure, that times have changed, and so has the man. And now, act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Wayward Killer Matter. The expense account item 6 cents 95 for a cab back to John R. Welton's apartment on East 53rd. Randy Singer's voice had found no clue to the identity of Welton's attacker. Welton himself was beginning to stir. Yeah, we'll be able to talk to him any minute now, Johnny. Okay, Good. Now get down, get down boy. <laughs> Go lay on your pillow. Oh, incidentally, we found the gun that was used in the murder he witnessed last week. Oh, where? Like you said, in the storm drain near that alley on First Avenue. Oh, and yeah, no print, no print. Randy, I didn't think there would be. What time is it? Uh, Three fifty-one. Why? Make a phone call. Oh, the phone's right over. Hey, Wilton's coming hey, too. What's this? What goes on here? Uh, it's all right, Mr. Walton. You're going to be okay. Uh, oh, uh, police. That's right. Got yeah. a phone. Uh, thank you. Sir. I, I beg you. I... Yeah, I'm afraid we got uh, here a little too late, but you're going to be okay. The doc says, so. That man, the man who attacked me. The same one you talked about the murder? Yes. Yes. Smokey, this is Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar. Yeah? What? Twenty-three thousand four hundred and... Twenty-three? Yeah, I got it. Good boy. What? What did you say about... Well, meet you at the lecture at 6 p.m. And... Okay, okay, the news, then. Mr. Dollar, what did you say about... About you? Yeah, Johnny, what goes? Funny. How would you like to make an arrest? Arrest? That's right, Randy. Of the man who killed that bookie. Well, you... You know who he is? Yeah, well, I sure do. And, Randy, I'm ashamed of you. What? Come on. <laughs> now, listen, Johnny, this will you... This pup really deserves the credit. Hmm? Good boy. Yes. Now, down, Tom. Johnny, what under the sun are you talking about? The night of that murder. Walton says the pup shoot a hunk out of the killer's pants. Uh, yes, yes. He, he was trying to defend me. You say that killer struck you, Walton? He did? But he made no move to hurt the dogs. Well... Now, believe me, that doesn't make sense. He would have put a bullet in him even before he struck you. Now, this is what about this so-called fight here in your apartment a couple of hours ago? It was the same man. Yeah. And did the dog attempt to fight him off? No. Because there was nobody for him to fight. No, he... You think he wouldn't have been heard down in the street if somebody really clobbered you? Well, he... You faked he... this attack on you, Welton, to make it look like the killer was somebody else. Too bad you didn't break your neck when you jumped out that window. Now, you don't know what you're talking about. Another thing... And this is where you missed the bed, Randy. Yeah? Over on First Avenue, I checked with a crew from the electric company. They finally got around to fixing that streetlight. Huh? Yeah. That light's been out for nearly three weeks. So how could Welton have seen another man in that alley well enough to make a positive identification? Now, listen, Dollar. Shut up, Welton. I my phone call just now. Randy, Welton was in hot to that bookie he murdered. To the tune of 23,000 bucks. He threatened me... He said he'd kill me if I didn't pay him. I had to kill him. If I hadn't killed him, you... breaks my heart, Johnny. But thanks. Okay, Walton, up on your feet. Item seven, sixty-five dollars even for a night in the town. Uh, Randy needed some relaxation. Item eight, two hundred bucks to Smokey Joe Sullivan. Account total, including a trip back to Hartford, $315.17. And uh, don't forget that two grand you promised me. After all, Walton's still alive. For a while, at least. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Truly, Johnny Dollar starring Bob Bailey originates in Hollywood and is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote today's story. Heard in our cast were Edgar Barrier, Herb Vigran, James McCallion, Paul Dubois, Lawrence Dobkin, John Zayner, Bill James, and Vic Perrin. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar.